0: cordially invite you to be our guest for the happiest podcast on earth. Two girls, one podcast. A whole new world of exciting internet content. This week, our princesses wish upon a star for a single episode that's not about the collapse of the circle of life itself. And boy, did they deliver. And now, here are the podcast hosts whose names literally translate to no worries. Lindsay Ford and Alison Goldberg.
1: It's your girl, Lindsay. Hello, friends. I'm Allie, and I thought I would use my best Disney voice for today's
2: episode. (laughs) Ah, damn, that's cute. I want to do that. You can join me. Hi, everyone. I'm Lindsay, and I'm so excited to welcome you to our show. We
1: can't believe you're here. Two girls,
2: one podcast. I'm one of the girls. The other princess with me is the other girl. And
1: our sidekick frog is Matt.
3: Hey, hey everybody
1: <laughs> As a frog you need to break into song for us He's drunk He's drunk again
3: <laughs> Ah yes that classic Drunk frog sidekick classic That everyone loves
1: frog. That's
2: my fault I gave him a dram of whiskey <laughs>
1: wants to be where the people are um anyway now that all the listeners hate us we're looking at disney bounding today which is when people i guess push the boundaries of what they can wear to kind of look like they're a disney princess without fully just looking like a disney princess Mm. my friend lauren told me about this community and apparently it's enormous online and i was like what the fuck we need to interview them I have never
2: successfully Disney-bounded, but I've thought about it many times. You, you know? have? I've thought about doing it, yeah. It seems fun and cool, and I have a lot of really creative friends who've done it before, and it's, like, neat. Mm-hmm.
1: That's cool. Yeah. I miss just, like, doing things, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like, do you get, uh, long-time remember listeners, that. remember when, like, at the top of the podcast, I had things to report, like, shenanigans, because I, like, did stuff? <laughs> <laughs> ah! Ah!
2: <We're> just doing <laughs> things.
1: <laughs> yeah. ay, oh my ay, gosh. Ay, ay, ay. I used to do things. Now oh I'm losing my mind. In <laughs> Speaking my of things and
2: shenanigans, yeah. Ali, we haven't really talked about my trip to Europe, but oh, uh, we can talk hear about,
1: it. about it. Yeah,
2: it's because I. Did some shenanigans that were like, probably not safe, but I came back homey free. So it's all fine. I can tell you about them. Like I hooked up with a journalist that mm. I <laughs> met in London. Like it, it's crazy. But I was like, oh, you report on English Premier League football, which is soccer for Americans. Um That's cool So you like Get tested a lot And he's like Yeah I get tested every day Mm. (laughs) But he said in like A cool British accent And I was like Sweet And then we like Had drinks together We decided Me and my friend Decided he wasn't A murderer And so I totally Hooked up with him
1: (laughs) Oh my god That's like old world Wait what did Anna do While you were
2: Hooking up with this dude (laughs) She went back to our Sweet sweet hotel room Slept by herself Great (laughs) It's crazy. Done. And also, he could be listening to this. So, hi, Tom. Thanks for not giving me the omicromy. <laughs> Thanks
3: for
1: not murdering Lindsay. We love to hear it. <laughs> My friends did marry a murderer in quarantine, so you never know.
3: Catch it on Netflix. Uh, are you still in touch? Is this like... A, is this going to be a little thing, or or, or just kind of like... A, I mean, a once,
2: Tom once in a lifetime. Knows. Tom, you're not the one. It's fine. You're mm-hmm. okay with it. You
1: don't want to be again, the one. Max, like, what's dating? If you mm-hmm. make out with a man who lives a billion miles is away, he is, your is husband? he your boyfriend?
3: Are you married? Yes, I assume. No. Yeah.
1: I wanted
2: him to be my husband. We had, we had a very really <laughs> cute and flirtatious like situation where I was like, well, I'm coming over there. And when I get there, it's going to be a straight up holiday rom-com. And you're going to try to marry me. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he was like, I don't know, but
1: maybe. <laughs> Way to have shenanigans for us all. You know? you know, maybe you're like COVID immune. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Mm. so...
2: Our friend, my friend Lauren really believes that. I, She's like, you're out here making the wildest choices for yourself and you don't get it. And I'm like, I mean, but they're measured choices. Like he gets tested every day, you know, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, you know, but most of my friends are straight up. Like we don't even want to see each other. So the fact that you went to England and Ireland and made out with a full on stranger for hours is crazy. <laughs>
1: I mean, I This is like me spouting serious misinformation, but I heard a rumor that like maybe certain blood types or something like that, like aren't as susceptible to COVID. That doesn't seem likely. It's fucking shocking that I've never had an STD. Still, I announced that like two years ago on this podcast. (laughs) Never had an STD and I haven't gotten COVID. What's going on here?
2: Hmm. I have blood. So um, I mean, I've been
1: making decisions that I should have both, you know, and I don't.
2: Wait, should I not say my blood type on air?
1: I don't know. Oh,
3: that's how they get you. That's how they Cut get out you. I like don't
1: people Just have bleep your it blood out. type that bleep it's it. fine. How many blood yeah. types are there? Like two. Matt, two. <laughs> <laughs> there's A, B. There's A, gay B. and straight, no.
2: that's
3: it. There's, yeah. that's so it. There's, red, it? there's red and then the other one.
1: <laughs> there's yeah. at least eight
2: blood types.
1: Yeah. Some of us don't have any blood because we're dead inside.
3: <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> what?
1: What? Is it time to talk about Disney?
3: Yeah, that's how you get that blood pumping as you go to Disney, Disneyland, Disney World. Mm-hmm. Uh, you worked at you worked in Orlando, right? Not not I California. Did. I worked yeah. in
1: the beautiful city of Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime anyone tells me they gotta go to Orlando, I'm like, I'm so sorry, my condolences. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry.
3: No, I want to go to Disney World. I I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to leave the park, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just wanna go you to need to, the, to, to do a big place. Disney
1: trip with your children. I
3: know. I. It's so cold here. I want to go now. Uh, but if you're ready for <laughs> trivia, I have some about the other one. The other Honestly, Disney. So the other ready. She's ready. Lindsay, you ready? You gotta coast?
2: check. Estoy yeah. listo.
3: That means I'm ready. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: What do you call it? The best coast? The West Coast? Best coast. Disneyland over there by you guys. uh, It opened in July 1955, if you remember. You remember that?
1: Yep, I do. Okay.
3: Uh, Mm -hmm. And of course, it became the happiest place on earth. In 1956, uh, a mere one year later, Robbins and Meg Barstow won a contest sponsored by scotch tape and they got a free trip (laughs) to this brand new theme park they rode the rides they went to the magic kingdom and they filmed all of their experience on a 16 millimeter handheld camera to commemorate their trip and their vacation there's footage of them getting ready to go getting in the car airport it's it's really cute That film, which is 35 minutes long, is now in the National Film Registry at the Library of Congress due to its cultural and historical significance. Basically, people didn't really have cameras back then, not, you know, average people. Uh, So we don't have a lot of footage of what Disneyland looked like. Outside of like commercials and professional footage, we didn't have a lot of experiential homemade footage of that time and place. So it's in the Library of Congress and it's publicly available, but... This film is important for another reason, because the Barstow's inadvertently captured another historically significant event on camera. What appears at the 20 minute and 20 second mark in the Disneyland dream home movie from 1956? I have three choices for you.
2: This is very good, Matt. I'm very excited by this one. <laughs>
3: Get in. Okay. Buckle up. Helmets on. Eight. I'm
1: always wearing my helmet.
3: Okay, <laughs> you're wearing your podcasting helmet at all times. I'm <laughs> in ready. the closet, I just ready. like you. You're in the closet, hunched over with a bike helmet on, going like, "I'm ready. Let's um, do it." Uh, ah! <laughs> okay, okay. We just we just hear like you falling over like, like this. <laughs>
1: I'm okay. My helmet was off. <laughs> some things are like getting dicey over here in quarantine. <laughs>
3: A. A UFO flying above Frontierland, which was later identified in the 90s and puzzled scientists and astronomers for nearly a decade. This was especially at the height of X-Files mania, only when a trove of Cold War Russian documents were handed to WikiLeaks in 2008 did his historians realize that this ufo was a soviet spy plane taking secret snapshots of southern california that is choice hell I.
1: yeah all i really want to talk about are ufos but we'll have to save it for another episode
3: oh man oh i love ufos i love them
1: i love i love it
3: we got it we got to do it we got to do something there
1: we need a UFO or is episode. it
3: B? is it B? an 11 year old steve martin Walks through the frame, performing magic tricks and handing out guidebooks. This makes the home movie Disneyland Dream, Steve Martin's very first uncredited film role. That is B. (laughs) Or is it C? The film is the only known footage of real human skeletons used in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride before they were replaced with uh, like mannequin skeletons a month later after public outcry what did the barstows capture in their home movies from 1956 a, at the happiest a, place on earth A a, a. Yeah. a goes with a the ufos wow.
2: i feel like i want to go with a as well that's just very exciting
1: well you know what on a previous episode we both went with all of the above and we were both right so correct Let's keep it. Let's keep it going.
3: Keep the streak alive. Everyone's going with A. Uh -uh. We'll find out what is significant about the Disneyland Dream 16 millimeter home movie, which you can watch on YouTube. Don't don't Google it uh, after this commercial break.
1: want to be where these people are thank you so much to our Patreon supporters at the $10 or more level patreon.com slash 2g1p those people are Wesley Cordell Jerry Duran Jessica Fox Kathy Phillips Phillips, Matthew Scott (laughs) Melissa Elliott (laughs) William and Allison thank you for all you do for us Thank you so much, and you too can hear us say your name with weird voices every week if you visit patreon.com slash 2G1P. Have a magical day. And now a real post
0: entitled Yard Work from the Online Neighborhood that will make you long for the days of obliterating your Sim City with a tornado. Next door, courtesy of Best of Next
1: Door. Yard work.
2: I'm not sure who Tweedledee and Tweedledumfuck are, but stop using leaf blowers at 8 a.m. Believe it or not, I like to sleep. I don't even sleep that much, and I kind of agree with him.
1: I mean, don't ever fucking interrupt my sleep. Yeah, amen. I'll murder you. And that's how I'm going to meet my, my husband.
3: <laughs> yeah, you have to murder first, and then uh, Yeah, that's and then the you way
1: to win hearts. hmm what i've learned this quarantine (laughs) (laughs) anywho let's hear that trivia
3: what did robbins and meg barstow capture on 16 millimeter film in 1956 when they won a trip to disneyland was it a ufo a uh, that later turned out to be a soviet spy plane Uh, ali and Lindsay both chose that was it B, Steve Martin, eleven years old doing magic and uh, handing out guidebooks, or was it C, film footage of real human skeletons in the Pirates of the Caribbean? Everyone's sticking.
2: Yeah, because mm-hmm. I've heard th- I've heard that C thing before, and I think it's just like a rumor. It's not true that they used real human bones.
3: Well, before I give the correct answer, I will say that C is real. Uh, they did use human human skeletons but it is not part of this tape so that is not the correct answer for the trivia but it is fascinating that that was a thing i i had heard that before but i thought it was maybe a rumor but it's real i I came across it in my research today but uh but that is not the answer the correct answer is little old steve martin (gasps) on his first film that
2: That is is so cute oh my god that's so cute i love that
3: so this is interesting. There's not much to see unfortunately. Like you you want to see him and his face and his act or whatever, but there he just walks through the frame wearing a top hat and he's holding something which he later identified as a guidebook. Uh but he he must have found this he or like a biographer found this footage, saw the footage and he was like Oh, I was, I was totally there at this time. And then he watched it and he's like, no, no, that's totally me. Cause he wore like a doofy top hat and he was, he was in the area where he hung out as an 11-year-old kid, uh, according to the these biographies, and then, of course, Wikipedia, Martin's first job was at Disneyland selling guidebooks on weekends and full-time during his school summer break. That lasted for three years. During his free time, he frequented the Main Street Magic Shop, where tricks were demonstrated to patrons. So I guess his job was like handing out books, but then he would also sort of like do magic trip tricks on the side for tourists as like not a job, but as a hobby. Cause he was in the park anyway. Uh, and then somehow he and or other people identified him in this film. And because the film is historically important, uh, he like, if you look at the film credits, if you look at his Wikipedia, he is now credited in this dumb home movie from 1956. And it's, it's pretty funny.
2: That's, that's absolutely
3: adorable. I love it, and is that I recommend. going to be in the show notes or what? You got to pop that in our Discord. Put am in, in the Discord. again. Discord. Again, 20 minutes and 22 seconds. It's literally a hat, a pixelated hat, moving from left to right, and that's all it is. <laughs> like, there's no way to, to that anyone could identify him. Uh, but it is. It has been known and established that that was him, which is why I don't know if I've talked about it here, but like, there's a whole like. Put down your phone and don't document every every moment. Live in the moment, and I get that, and I support that. But like, there is something like I want to find people's old film that is like ends up in uh, uh, like secondhand shops or thrift shops, and be like, oh, here's grandma's vacation videos from the '90s. No one cares about this. I want to digitize it and then put it on the internet, and then say like, who whose is this, everyone? And have start a foundation where we can then reconnect. This stuff with the people and then guaranteed, like, if you have enough of that shit, you're going to find something interesting in this footage that was thrown away, you know, uh, because grandma passed away or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I am fascinated by that. And I love this, uh, this little trivia tidbit because you never know who you're shooting. You never know what you're capturing when you put- point your phone at Disney World. Something you know what I,
1: mean? I do think about is that. So I, I worked at Disney. I'm in a shit ton of family albums. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> they they would ask all the time to take photos with me. And it's just like kind of bizarre to think that I'm in someone's family album somewhere. Like I'm possibly that, framed on a wall. You know what I mean? That <laughs>
3: and that's 100%. Cute. And that's a unique experience. But also just living in a metropolitan city. You are in thousands of other people's photographs because you're just out walking around. You know what I mean? Not to mention
1: the number of photographs that I intentionally photobomb. It's very (laughs) frequent. Exactly.
2: Perfect. Perfect. Well, Matt, I think you should start that company and you'll probably make like six or seven dollars.
1: No, I actually (laughs) think it would be very popular if it was an online thing where you could upload any photos you want. And then once once facial recognition gets better, it'll just serve you. Hey, you're in the background of all these photos.
3: No, well that that's what I was about to say. Is like when all these photos get on Facebook, Facebook absolutely knows where you were at any given time, and they are monetizing that. But we don't get to see it. So uh, I I pitched this idea to a friend of mine, or I talked about it with a few people, and one friend who is a videographer and such. He was like, "You need a grant from a foundation. Like this is not a business, but it it is a found footage." uh reunite reunification project that can only be done through um you know a a museum grant or a government arts grant or some shit you know and i don't know anything about that world but i am interested maybe when i retire i'll do it
1: all right well he's got his retirement plan you heard it here (laughs) well i think it's time for us to dive in and talk uh about disney bounding with our guest. We are so excited to have with us Leslie Kay, who is behind DisneyBound.co. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Welcome. Let's kick it off by, can you tell our listeners what is Disney Bounding?
4: So Disney Bounding um, is a way to dress as your favorite Disney characters using items that you can find in your own closet or at your local mall to recreate the costumes that you see them wearing in a more everyday wearable sort of way.
1: Is it true that if you dress too closely to the characters, Disney will kick you out of the parks?
4: (laughs) Um, I think it depends on the kind of day they're having that day, but they do have costuming rules for adults that we try to adhere to um, so that we aren't you know, looking too similar to their performers and confusing their guests into thinking that you know maybe we work for them as well. We are just there to hang out, and we try not to um, look like we're replicating any official IP.
2: Is that how Disney bounding started? Like people were like, "We still want to dress up, but we can't get kicked out."
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's clickbait articles out there that like to say that we like to skirt around the rules, and that was the purpose for it, but. That's not really the the reason. It's just that, you know, we're kids that used to love playing dressed up that have now grown up. And we are looking for um, new fun ways to experience Disney through our own creative expression and through fashion. Um, and so one of the perks is that, yes, we do get to dress up as our favorite characters without breaking the rules but that's not the whole reason behind it
1: so is it kind of like what these characters might wear in their happily ever after like the part we don't see where they're just like chilling
4: absolutely um in wreck it ralph 2 they actually have a whole scene about the disney princesses behind the scenes and they're just wearing um like loungewear and pajamas similar to what their costumes look like but in a more casual way and for me when i started to do the blog i was inspired by those magazine articles where it's like, get the celebrities look, but you know, get the Disney characters look instead.
2: Wow. What was your first Disney bounding outfit?
4: Uh, the first one I ever did was Rapunzel. Um, this is like 10, 11 years now. She was the, the newest princess at the time and I loved her purple color palette. So I created an outfit based off of her. And then very quickly the blog went viral and people were asking for the rest of the princesses and then princes and everybody else. <laughs> So why did you start the blog? I was in my early 20s and I was working a job finally that was like an adult job. I finally had adult money that I could use and my parents couldn't tell me what to do with it. So the first thing I did was book a trip to Disney World. um, And so I was excited for that trip and I was getting ready. Just like an adult. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) And I was getting ready for that trip and playing around on Tumblr and just had this Disney uh, fan Tumblr page called Disney Bound because I was literally Disney bound, and then it just kind of transformed into this Disney fashion blog that it is today.
2: How have you experienced people interacting with the blog? What are some of the more you know compelling stories you can share with us?
4: One thing that I never kind of expected to see from it that surprises me every time I get this sort of interaction is people talking about how much Disney bounding has helped them find their, their confidence or perk them up on a down day, or there's a variety of different stories that have been shared my way, but those heartwarming stories were not something I ever expected from something as, you know, light and fun as just dressing up as Disney characters, but that's been really cool to see, but it's also just cool to see people around the world dressing up as Disney characters and creating this huge community where Literally on every continent from Asia to North America, South America. It's just crazy to see how big this Disney fashion loving community has grown.
1: It's huge. And that's what blows
4: my mind.
1: Like, that this is such a thing. Like, you have a huge Instagram following. Like, how did all this blow up? And how do you keep having new content? Like, I know there's a lot of Disney movies, but still.
4: (laughs) Well, you know, fashion always changes every year. So that helps to give new content. Because, you know, I've done Rapunzel a thousand times, but there's spring, there's summer, there's new fashion trends. So there's many different ways to create a Disney character. So that helps to keep it fresh. There's also different personal styles and everybody has their own takes on their characters. Yeah, the, the blog blew up sort of at the, the dawn of going viral um, when, you know, that was just like a new thing that was happening and Tumblr blogs and whatnot were going viral. And it just sort of exploded within the matter of three weeks. It went from like 500 followers to 100,000 followers, and then soon after Instagram was invented. This sounds very old as I'm talking about this. Um, but, but yeah, then, you're with fellow olds. Yeah,
1: yeah. Back in the time before Instagram, <laughs> right? I created a blog. Yeah.
4: You don't realize how much time has passed until you start to lay out the timeline. But yeah, it just kind of all picked up steam. And I think Disney is something that is loved globally and fashion is something that is loved globally. So it it kind of makes sense that there's so many of us that are finding this community. Well, how do you
2: find the outfits and and pick who to like highlight on your blog? And Do you put links to the clothes so that people can go and buy them?
4: Yeah. So, um, finding the outfits, this is another back in the day. So I used to, um, create the outfits on Polyvore and that has ceased to exist.
2: I have no idea what that is.
4: Oh, oh my God. Okay. So Polyvore is this old website, not old. Oh my God. I need to stop calling it old. Polyvore is this website that existed, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago. If it doesn't exist anymore, you can call it old, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Okay, so it's an old website. um, And it was just this fun fashion database that would pull in clothes from around the world from just about every single website that offers clothes. And it would put them together and sort of like, You know, in Clueless, like Cher's Closet. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of old. Yeah. (laughs) Going back to the 90s now. um, (laughs) Yeah. So it would kind of pull it together like that. And then you could just take, you know, go through the shirts, go through the shoes and put together these little flat lays similar to what I post now on Disney Bound. And then when Polyvore closed down, I had to switch to just making it myself by, you know, coming up with an idea for a character and searching out those pieces of clothing myself using Photoshop now. But yeah, so that's how the outfits come to be as um, content.
2: Do do you post links to the clothes so that other people can buy them?
4: Oh, yes. So I used to do that. That used to be a lot easier to do with Polyvore um, because it would put it together sort of very easily on a website where it was all cataloged. I don't always do it now um, because there's quality and then there's you know price and so not everybody can afford the... Two thousand dollar dress that I use that is absolutely perfect for Cinderella and that um, specific outfit. So I don't always post the links just because I want to be more about like you know here's some inspiration. Now go find it in your own closet. You don't have to purchase this exact thing.
1: Cool. Well, I saw also that you have challenges on your blog. So you can, can you tell us a bit about these Disney Bound challenges?
4: Yeah. So the Disneybound challenge is something we do um, every year in March. I was looking for something to keep Disneybounding going in a month that's usually very depressing. People aren't wanting to dress up. They aren't wanting to leave their house. So I created this month-long challenge years and years and years ago, uh, encouraging people to Disneybound. It started off simple, just Disneybound every day of the month. Very simple, of course. And now it's just kind of grown. And every year we do a different one and it's themed and we get, get thousands of people from around the world joining in the fun and hopping in and out. They're not doing it every single day of the month, but, um, it's sort of like a month long celebration of Disney bounding.
2: Wow. Yeah. Amazing.
1: Okay. So it seems also, you know, Disney buys up a lot of things. How much do you stay within the confines of like, classic Disney versus like I see you have Star Wars stuff like did that begin specifically when Disney bought Star Wars like when does something fall into the purview of Disney bounding
4: I try to do a lot of Marvel Star Wars and Disney those are the main three I haven't done too much of like the Fox acquisition stuff as I think you know then that just kind of becomes the entire world of just like every cartoon and movie that ever existed. Uh (laughs) Um, But yeah, I try to stick with whatever resonates the most with Disney fans, which seems to be Star Wars, Marvel, and regular Disney.
2: Mm -hmm. Nice. Are there other Disney bounders that you look to or that you maybe collaborate with or communicate with?
4: Absolutely. I try to, to the best of my ability, being one person, I try to you know collaborate and watch what literally every disney bounder is doing and you know get inspired by them and see what they're into and try to collaborate with as many of them as possible as you know this is so much about the community and disney bounding wouldn't be what it is without the community and their involvement in it and the way that they've developed it and grown it so yeah it's it's hard only being one person trying to have an eye on thousands of people across the world but I try my best to collaborate. And how much does Disney acknowledge the Disney bounding community at all? Over the years, they've done a variety of things with us um, and themselves as well in the parks. Um, they actually, we a couple years ago, we did this Peter Pan parade where we got to get this whole group of Disney bounders together and put on a mini parade at Disney World, going down Main Street with Peter Pan and a bunch of other characters. That was pretty wild, but that was probably the most public acknowledgement that we've ever gotten. But there's been lots of fun activities and collaborations over the years. Is
2: there a Disney bounding day at Disney World or Disneyland? Like I know there's all kinds of days where they acknowledge communities that are into Disney. Is there a Disney
1: bounding day?
4: Every day is Disney bounding day. (laughs) Yeah, there's nothing officially
1: planned. So are are there any other ways that Disney has acknowledged the community? I also just feel like Disney loves making cash and i'm surprised they haven't released adult lines basically
4: i mean they've definitely um whether or not it's directly related to disney founding i'm not sure but there's been this incredible growth that i've seen in their merchandise they do try to make it more fashionable more wearable more customizable to personal styles um whereas it used to be you know you get a princess printed on a t-shirt. Now there's they've definitely expanded into making more wearable clothing for sure. And again, there's lots of different fun ways that they've worked with the Disney bounding community to try to collaborate with us. Um, even just recently, we I actually got to put out a book through Disney Books called the Disney Bound Book, which featured hundreds, I think, like at least a hundred Disney bounders in it showing off their personal styles and their ways that they've engaged in Disney bounding.
2: Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Do community members send you items being like, oh, think this would be great for princess Jasmine look, you know, do they, does that happen? And if so, how do you incorporate it?
4: Absolutely. So I'll get, um, especially the ones that follow different fashion accounts or fashion blogs, they'll see particular items and my inbox gets filled with people, um, saying, you know, check out this item. You should use this. It would be perfect for this. So I always try to incorporate those because they're usually never wrong. And it's incredible, the pieces that you find out there in the world of fashion where it's like, was this intentional? Like this is perfect for Cinderella or whomever. (laughs) So yeah, it's really fun to see what they find out there in the world too. Amazing. Aside from your specific blog and Instagram, though
1: we do love it, How is the community interacting online? Because it seems like a place like Pinterest would probably be very active. And um, I know Disney bounding is big on TikTok, but um, everything is big on TikTok. So (laughs) I was just wondering, yeah, how are they behaving online and finding each other and sharing tips and things like that?
4: I find they're pretty much everywhere. They are on Pinterest. They're on TikTok. Instagram is a big one for the community. We used to be really big on Tumblr. Um, I don't think people use Tumblr as much, even though I still love it. And there's even a Facebook group for the Die Hard Disney Bounders. There's like 30,000 people in that group just showing off their daily Disney Bounds. So it's a very online community, just as much as it is an in-park community as well. Amazing. How many of the
2: outfits that you suggest have you worn? Like what's maybe your percentage?
4: Like I've probably worn maybe like 1% of what I actually show (laughs) off. Oh shit. Yeah. I don't (laughs) own any of those clothes. So a a lot of them are just, you know, stuff I find online, but I'm a really big Disney villains person. I'm not so princessy. So in terms of characters, I tend to lean towards more of the villains versus other characters, but is that a big rivalry? Because when I worked there, there's
1: a big thing between the faces and the furs. Is there also a thing between the villains and the princesses?
4: <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. But I don't, I, there might be a bit of a thing. Like, okay.
2: <laughs> faces and the furs. Wow.
1: Yeah. Isn't it mostly like a height thing? No, it's not a height thing. It's that, you know, well, okay, so I was in a dinner theater show, so I didn't actually interact with many faces or furs, but the rumor was that the faces were like, like, you know, very into themselves because their face could be seen. They were the princesses and the furs are covered up. They're Lumiere, they're Cogsworth. They can't be seen. So there's sort of like a negative stereotype that like the prettier ones become the princesses. It's a little fucked up.
3: (laughs) This is the plot of West Side Story. Right, I mean, isn't that what it's based on?
2: No,
1: yeah, it's ba- That's based
2: on Romeo and Juliet.
3: Oh, my mistake, my mistake. Where
1: do you think they get the music? Yeah, it's the same It's West Side Story. There's a new one when
3: out. When you're yeah. a fur, you're a when fur. A fur okay. All the
1: way from your first cigarette to your last dying day. Yeah, something like that.
3: I
2: like the idea that, like, behind the stage, Disney cast members are actually acting out West Side Story, but only with their <laughs> like costumes on. Like the furs take off their heads and then yeah. are dancing in their weird bodies.
3: That's the real show.
1: Yeah. The behind the scenes. Yeah. Listen, back in the day when you picked up your paycheck, you had to go to these underground tunnels and they would take off their heads. That was a thing. I also love that. I've been I love to that. a furry party, shout out to episode one of this podcast, <laughs> but now we're really getting off track. So what was your most popular Disney bounding post and why?
4: I think one of the, like, uh, the one that comes to mind, whether or not this is true or not, there is a group of five girls that did the muses from Hercules. So it's not even my personal post. It was just one that I reshared and they looked stunning and people just, like, loved it. And it was just blowing up for, like, I feel like
1: days. And do Disney Bounders have any live events like cons? Have people met because of the online community?
4: Back in the day when we were a smaller community, we would actually gather at Disneyland, at Disney World. We would have little meetups. Then those meetups became like 500 people and they were getting way out of control and we started to feel um, like a potential safety issue there. We used to do it more in the parks, but we also meet at cons. Um, D23 is a really big one where you'll find a lot of Disney Bounders. What's D23? Oh, D23 is Disney's convention. They do it every two years. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of like a Comic-Con, but just all Disney. And it's a great way to find out about what they have coming up in the next two years. I think we all can kind of relate. But what do you think is the joy of adult Disney? For me, it's a nice little break from the real world. Um, it's, it's a way to just sort of enjoy creativity in the most innocent way without having to deal with all the stresses that are going on in the world around you. That's my personal take on it. I think everybody has their different things that they love about Disney, but it's that getting to experience your, your inner child for a minute, which feels like we haven't done much of that recently, but yeah, it's just a nice break. Yeah. And does the
1: community get involved in any of the news or press about Disney? And you know, sometimes there are scandals or do they really just keep it fun and light?
4: <laughs> um, I think there's a lot of people that love to get involved in the news and the scandals. And there's lots of discussion, especially um, on Twitter, where they, you know, really go back and forth and, and discuss whatever it is that might be going on. So I think it's more of a personal interest versus like a, a full community interest, but there's definitely people that are that have their nose on all of what's happening in and around Disney for sure. If you're giving advice
2: to someone who is looking to Disney bound, what are maybe like the top 3 tips on on how to make a great Disney bounding outfit?
4: So, I would say start with, you know, choosing your character. Who who is it that you want to be? Um and then Look in your closet and see if, you know, you've got a Disney character existing there already. You'd be surprised to know what Disney characters are hiding in your closet in terms of the clothes that you own. You don't necessarily have to spend a lot of money. They might be there already. Make sure that you're, you're comfortable and you're expressing yourself and your personal style because that's really how you're going to feel your very best that day. And then one of my favorite tips to throw out there for Disney bounding is play around with accessories because that's how you're going to really see the character come to life.
2: I do enjoy how every outfit that you put on does have accessories like cute little earrings or the way that the shoe ties everything together or a hat or a bag. That's very cool.
4: Yeah. Like otherwise it's just sort of like a very colorful outfit, but there's those little things in this, in the accessories that you can pull in their sidekicks or bits of their stories because we don't use props. So the accessories themselves kind of become the prop always lean into the accessories for sure perfect
1: okay if you were going to uh go as sebastian the lobster from little mermaid
4: (laughs) what would you wear oh goodness okay so he's like three different shades of red so that's Mm -hmm. sort of crazy so pick pick a red doesn't have to be all three and then in terms of accessories i would go with probably a crab shaped bag um oh right he's a crab not a lobster isn't there like a big thing yeah he's a crab oh yeah um yeah like kate spade has some cute crab purses i think betsy johnson does too so something like that and then maybe like a crab claw necklace and then you're then you're a crab (laughs) So, so you've got lots of um crab stuff i'm sure that you could Work with. I'm from Maryland,
1: where we're really into our crabs, so that's cool. <laughs> is it fucked up to eat crabs while dressed as Sebastian? Mm. Probably. Probably. Or, yeah. or is it mm. not, like on theme? Mm. Mm.
2: I mean, I don't know. I think it just ties in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 It's on brand, you know. Yeah. Well, this has been Wait For It, Wait For It, Wait For It. Magical. Thank you so much. Thank oh. you.
2: <laughs> well, Leslie was delightful, and... The outfits are very cute. You should all go to Disneybound.co because the outfits are very cute.
1: Honestly, <laughs> it sounds like she's got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. And nice. who's and what's it's galore. Or she can at least <laughs> she's got, 20. You she's got twenty.
2: to some yeah. thingamabobs.
1: Yeah, yeah. Guys, I have low-level PTSD from Disney. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: from working Did, at your dinner theater?
3: Yeah. Dude, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I love the, I love your stories. And maybe my question there is like, do you regret it? Like, do you, do you wish you had never gone? No, 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 no,
1: I I, I joke about it. The thing is like when you work at Disney, suddenly everyone wants to visit you, which is very sweet. But Mm -hmm. if I was, if I was doing it now, I would just be like, if you're visiting me, that's awesome. But FYI, I'm not going to the parks with you. So if you Mm -hmm. still want to come like you do, because I got free passes to the park. So everyone came to visit. But then the problem was literally every weekend I was waiting in these massive massive lines Mm -hmm. which was also annoying because when you work there you could go on a tuesday when there are no lines if you really want to go
4: yeah yeah so i
1: joke about it but it was like i was waiting in these insane now now i'm in my 30s i'd be like if you want to come sure but i'm not not going to the park. So you? Can
3: do you. you how, how does it work? And I know things have evolved, but like, yeah, no, this is a long could time I ago. come down and get in the park and then you're like, peace out. I'm going, I'm going to Starbucks. And then I can just keep going in the yeah, park for free. Yeah.
1: Like if I was working there, I think I could, I think the policy was, I could just like let your whole family in and leave, but. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, I was 22 and friends would come down and I would feel like I have to show them around. Sure, whatever. Sure, sure. So so anyway, so I, I joke about it, but it was a very fascinating time and I would definitely do it again. And frankly, I wish that I had made a habit of flying down every Christmas and doing the show so that the girl who plays my part could have Christmas off. Oh, Because it would have been like a cool... Hmm winter trip every year yeah. but i didn't do it my first year back up in new york and then by by the next year i'd i'd forgotten the entire show so it's like i <laughs> would have had to re relearn it all but it would have been a cool habit like every winter i fly out and let the let the girl off for christmas
4: um, what was get paid the time show? and a half
1: you know it's called the yeah, do review it is like mm-hmm. one of the longest running shows in america or something like that and it's very cheesy looking back it's like mildly racist and i hear it's been updated which is interesting
2: Mm. i'm not surprised
1: so i'd be very curious to like see the updates or i can't decide if i heard that it's updated or i just assume it is but it was like (laughs) it was like americana in a way that was like hmm you know what i mean (laughs)
2: Americana in a way that's celebrating the racist history of America and not (laughs) condemning it. Yes.
1: There's like, yeah, we would, we would sing, it was not Disney music. It was like singing like Americana songs and stuff like that. But again, this is all like 15 years ago. So,
3: Mm -hmm. but I'm confident I saw this show as a kid. Uh, I've only been to Disney World once or twice as a kid. And uh, that, the name of that show sounds familiar to me. So, yeah. uh,
1: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think I would enjoy it more now. I mean, I was, I was twenty-two, I was pretty lonely. You know, it was like everyone else is working in the parks during the day. So mm. Wow. So you literally only did this one thing. So I did three shows a night, five, seven, and nine, some ish, something like that. But I did three shows a night. That's and a freaking dream. I mm-hmm. only worked three days a week because all Disney shows run seven days a week. So I was the three-day Claire and there was a four-day Claire so and in my 30s i think i would have been like cool just fucking let's chill you know what i mean but i was like 22 super gung-ho like wanted to be auditioning and networking and doing things and there's like nothing to do now i would enjoy like i'm getting paid to do (laughs) shows and nothing else but read books you know what i mean but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i was very lonely everyone else in the show had been doing it for years It, it, it there's it's a it's a there's a lot of stories there. Like, they basically, I showed up for work my first day. I'm like 22 years old, and I didn't realize this, but I'm replacing this woman that no one else wanted replaced that had basically aged out. Which is the fuck up, fucked up thing that Disney does, where people will work for them for years and they like hit 40 and they get fired. That's not legal. That's crazy. Well, I don't think it's like official, but apparently, like that's what happens. The women age out, and so but I show no, up. Like-
3: there's no like, oh, and now you're the now you're the mother or the grandmother. Like there's no other role. I mean, I, I guess I'm answering my own question. Name like old obviously lady roles. That's what I mean, right? Yeah. There's like young singers and dancers are what are what you want, and then there's no other things for other people. Yeah. I yeah. get it.
1: So yeah, no, it's very keys. interesting. And but but so so it's not official. I don't, I don't think something you can do about it. But I mean I understand. It's just up like your contract her. doesn't get renewed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Your contract doesn't get renewed, so I show up having no idea that this is the dynamic that I've replaced this like beloved woman, mm. and I'm opposite her husband who she met in the show.
3: Wow! Oh,
1: <laughs> my God! Nightmares. Yeah. So when I joke about like not enjoying my time at Disney, I will say like he made me so uncomfortable. But even then, I knew that it that it was actually very adorable. I just happened to be in a shitty position. Like, he just, like, loved his wife and thought she was, like, amazing and no one could do it better than her. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, he wasn't mm. a bad guy, but it, like, manifested in, in, like, me feeling very uncomfortable all the time. But even then, I knew that, like, he wasn't a bad guy. It was just, like, I was getting the brunt of this. And so it was very lonely, right? Cause it's like everyone there had been doing the show for years and years and years and went home to their families. So I'm working from like essentially five to midnight, have no friends. You know what I mean? Eventually yep. I made friends with Pocahontas. Um, <laughs> I met her, I met her in do. dance class, like out in Orlando and she's doing very well. She's like, I love it. I turn on the TV. She's like in commercials all the time. I'm like, Oh, there she is. <laughs> That's cool. That's great. Um, And then I think I've told you guys that um, I eventually met Gaston who was fucking Aladdin.
2: Yes Mm -hmm. Yeah. dream A dream couple That's my
1: favorite But um (laughs) Yeah so it was like Not a a fun It was a very lonely Time But because of like These very specific Circumstances Um But in a lot of ways It was an amazing experience Like the show As cheesy as it is Is like A fucking workout Like it Mm -hmm. was Really dance heavy And You know It was a good way to Get my equity card And then go back to New York Beautiful Thanks Mickey Yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, I have a slew of stories from my time at Disney, but, you know, now now anything I say, also, grain of salt, because it's outdated. I wonder how many people I did the show with are, like... St- Still doing that same show. Oh, and then one night I showed up for work and the woman who I replaced was understudying another role in the show. So she was there and I was like so nervous and she was so fucking nice and was like, you know, making faces behind like bales of hay and whatever. She actually was loving it because she ended up, she knew so many roles on property that they didn't renew her contract, but they were constantly calling her in to understudy different roles. So she maybe had it even better. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a fucked up policy that's not okay. But she ended up telling me, like, you know, she, has, she had a bunch of kids. She was like, you know, now I just pick and choose when I work. And as an mm-hmm. understudy getting called in last minute, you make time and a half. So it worked mm-hmm. out okay. But it's, like, yeah. not okay that women age out. And her and the husband, men, the, who and the men playing like opposite her, didn't.
3: that's that was the salt in the wound. Of well, like, he's, and a, lot he was just he's a lot younger. Uh, he's a lot younger. He's like ten Ooh, years yeah. younger. Yeah, I'm super
2: yeah, into yeah, this yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah, Can we have yeah. her on the She's show? She's real fucking cool.
1: <laughs> she was cool. Like when I finally met her, like her husband made me really uncomfortable, and I finally met her, and she was like really fucking awesome. And like she, she understood that the dynamic was rough for me, and was really sweet. I think no mm-hmm. one else just really like thought through that that like except to be like that 22 year old. So it's an interesting time. You Mm -hmm. know, you should write a a memoir
2: called 22 and Lonely with the mouse.
1: (laughs) Working for the mouse. Well, if you love Disney and America, uh, I'm at <laughs> Allie underscore Goldie across all social media platforms.
2: <laughs> and I'm at the Lindsay Life across all media platforms.
1: You can also leave us a voicemail. We love those. Please, please, please. That number is 347-871-6548. Seven. Seven,
0: that number again, 347 871
1: You can also email us at 2G1Podcast at gmail.com. You can support us on Patreon patreon please any amount helps patreon.com slash 2g1p you can also pop into our discord discord.gg slash 2g1p or find us on facebook two girls one podcast yeah thanks for everything we love you bye bye two girls one podcast is hosted by Allison
0: goldberg and lindsey boar then Mountain without a seatbelt, I mean produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Additional editing by Avital Ayler. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This show is a production of the Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. <laughs>
3: The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.
2: Believe it or not, I like to sleep.